Welcome back to Nurse Talk, where laughter is the best medicine. Welcome back to Nurse Talk. I'm Casey Hobbs, along with Shane Mason, and we are two of the thousands of nurses on duty this very minute. Shane, recent survey findings indicated that 80% of nurses say their hospital has not provided policy for admission of potential infected patients. And at a rally of 1,000 nurses two weeks ago in Las Vegas, we warned that it was just a matter of time in an interconnected world that we would see Ebola in the U.S., Now, everyone should recognize that Texas is not an island either, and as we've heard from nurses across the U.S., hospitals here are not ready to confront this deadly disease. So this was NNU Executive Director Roseanne DeMauro. Following reports that a Dallas hospital failed to hospitalize a patient infected with the Ebola virus and failed to properly communicate essential information to caregivers about his health status, National Nurses United is stepping up the call in U.S. hospitals to immediately upgrade emergency preparations for Ebola in the U.S. Several weeks ago, National Nurses United began surveying registered nurses across the U.S. about emergency preparedness. Most of the nurses are telling NNU that their hospital is not prepared for the Ebola virus. With us today is a frequent guest here at Nurse Talk, RN and co-president of National Nurses United, Deborah Berger. So, Deborah, welcome and thanks for being here. Thank you for letting me be on your show. Sure. So just so we understand, the study revealed preliminary results from nearly 700 RNs at over 250 hospitals in 31 states. So is that the scope? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, so actually, um, yeah, go ahead. right. 700 RNs. Exactly. And uh, we're continuing to get uh, more surveys returned and it would actually be nice to see um uh, that nurses are getting more information, but so far those statistics haven't changed. Yeah, so let's take a look at these results. 80% say that their hospital has not communicated to them any policy regarding potential admission of patients infected by Ebola. Is that true? That's exactly true. Scary. Uh, it is scary. And then 87% say their hospital has not provided education on Ebola with the ability of nurses to interact and ask questions. Right. And that's been uh, sort of a practice that the hospital industry is um, undertaking for all sources of education, which is unfortunate because, as you all know, we learn in different ways. And part of the problem is there isn't an interactive process for yes. uh, any kind of dialogue or Um, questions or concerns. So uh, not only is the information not getting there, but what little information does get through um, leaves um, huge gaps. So uh, we're really worried about um, this heavy reliance on technology for education and patient care. Well, and a lot of times there's just a policy binder and you're supposed to show up once a week, read the binder and sign it. And that means that you supposedly know everything. That's just it. And what you said, Deborah, is so true. You know, but what both of you are saying, usually if there is any material, it's in a binder somewhere. And what I saw through this whole thing, Deborah, is this top-down management where, you know, you hear people at the top saying, oh, we're ready, we're ready, we're ready. And then you go to the boots on the ground, we're not ready. <laughs> exactly. And it, it's just typical of um, any hospital administration at this point. Um, even the Dallas um, hospital said they had their policy in place and everything was working fine. Only how can it be working fine if they sent a patient home to infect the community? Yeah. It, it's, it's so bad. And the one thing I do want to say, so what should be happening is that we should be having drills and we should be checking our supplies and all of those things, yes? 
Exactly. And we actually had a wake-up call here in California, in uh, South Sacramento. There was a patient in an emergency room for rule-out Ebola. The doctor from the clinic reported to the emergency room doctor, yet that patient sat in the waiting room for two hours. Luckily, that patient didn't have Ebola, but if he had... um, that would have been a, a, an emergency. So yeah, it was definitely an emergency. And, and actually one third of the nurses that you surveyed say that they don't even have sufficient supplies of eye protection and fluid and resistant impermeable gowns. So even if we do bring them in. And they, know what to do. We're right. not going to have the supplies. Exactly. And then the other key uh, ingredient to managing an epidemic is also staffing, yes. which means that when you have an isolation patient, it's critical that you have the staffing to be able to provide care and to be able to put your personal protection equipment on and take it off safely so you don't contaminate you or your health other healthcare workers or other patients, and that's not happening either. And the one thing I wanted to point out, Deborah, you know, because I listened to that uh, interview that you did with Ed Schultz, the public health nurse, the public health system, you know, I'm familiar with it in San Francisco because they have cut to blazes on public health nurses. So when the top talks about it again, are there boots on the ground? Well, and that's, that is the problem with our healthcare system right now is that there really isn't a healthcare system. There's all these private investors and hedge fund managers that own insurance companies that run healthcare as if it were a regular business as opposed to what we know it to be, which is that healthcare is a human right. And part of what factored probably into that decision to send that patient home was the fact that he probably didn't have insurance. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing that we need to really be concerned about. And we have talked about many, many times, bacteria and viruses don't know whether you have insurance or not, right? Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. that's another problem. Mm-hmm. So, so what role should the CDC be playing in this? Well, the what is kind of scary right now is that the Department of Homeland Security did a study and released it in August of 2014 that said that the um that this country really wasn't ready for uh, a pandemic that, that and that was before Ebola even came on the scene, right? And so what we need to do is really fund our public health care system and make sure that we can uh, really um, deal with an emergency pandemic without having to scramble and make up protocols as we go. If we'd have had a proper public health care system in place, some of these issues would not be issues at all. It's so true. Now, Deborah, I do want to say, because I do not want to create panic out there about Ebola in this country, because I I don't think it's going to um, come here. But what's so important now is that we go to West Africa and deal with it at its source so that this does not become a pandemic. So um, what are we doing as a country to contain this in West Africa? 
Well, and I think that that's part of the problem is that up until recently when President Obama sent um, 3,000 military troops into West Africa, we really weren't reaching out to them and supplying them with the emergency medical equipment that they need, the the ability to staff and care for these people. We were kind of saying, oh, well, it's in West Africa. It's really not our problem. And I think that the Dallas case was a wake-up call because it did say there is a potential for it to come here, and so we really do need to uh, provide full training for hospital personnel and to have adequate supplies of hazmat suits in uh, in West Africa. So I think that uh, we need to also be funding foreign aid for those countries because they are actually the poorest of the poor in, yes. globally. Absolutely. And, and, and Deborah, you're a nurse. So, so what would you be doing if you were in charge of readiness? <laughs> Unlimited well, budget, whatever you want to do. What do you, what are you going to do? actually doing a lot better than um, some of uh, what's, uh, happening, the California Nurses Association has really looked at um, a lot of the research and uh, readiness, and you know it's the common sense things that nurses do in their own hospital. You check for proper supplies. You make sure that the supplies are rotated. You make sure that the supplies aren't expired. You make sure that uh, everybody has a clear understanding of what their role is if a patient comes in critically ill and needs isolation. So these are actually pretty common sense things that really um, have sort of um, slipped through the cracks when they're implementing these policies but not telling the, the, the frontline staff what needs to be done. That's right. And Deborah, one of the things you said in the interview is that we have a broken healthcare system. And I just can't stress that enough for our listeners we really are operating with a broken system, and it's very hard to correct. Uh, can you speak to just the staffing issues alone around this this issue? Well, when you when you're providing care for a patient that's in isolation, right? You have all of this equipment that you're supposed to wear, and you're supposed to then provide the care, and then you're supposed to then take that um, equipment off and make sure that it's decontaminated before you take it off. You also then need to have somebody that is kind of watching to make sure that you're not contaminating either you, the patient, or patients outside the isolation area. And it's interesting uh, when you look at some of the photos of people providing uh, service to get rid of the waste, they're actually wearing protective gear that is way and above what the CDC recommends, which then calls into question why the CDC is saying um, um, that they need to have uh, semi-permeable gear, right, these um, Mm -hmm. impermeable gowns and fluid resistant, yet anybody that works in a hospital knows that when you're dealing with patients that are vomiting and have diarrhea, it doesn't stop at knee level, right? That's for sure. So there's a lot of concerns, and uh, I'm hoping that people will 
um, take to heart some of the lessons that are learned from this outbreak in Dallas. But the other thing is this over-reliance on technology, the uh, electronic medical records, um, and using that as a tool to communicate when it was obvious that that was that a fiasco that in working. the Dallas care. I'm sorry, Deborah, we're, we've just run out of time. I want to thank you for participating in this and also for your years of uh, being a nurse, but your years of advocacy because it's so important to all of us. Thank you so much. 